0: So we have before us, loved ones, Lord's Day 13, questions and answers 33 and 34, which we'll read responsively. Why is he called God's only begotten son when we also are God's children? Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural son of God. We, however, are adopted children of God, adopted by grace for the sake of Christ. Why do you call him our Lord? Because not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood, he has delivered and purchased us body and soul from sin and from the tyranny of the devil to be his very own. And now the scripture reading from Romans chapter eight, verse nine to 17. Apostle Paul says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. He had his blessing to it as we consider it this evening. So this last Thursday, uh, this last week, our family had the privilege of going to the Safari Animal Park in Escondido for Josiah's school field trip. And while we were there, we saw a lion, among other animals, and the lion was sitting there on his spot, right, behind the thick glass window enclosure, and he was staring coolly at my two little boys, probably thinking that they looked like a tasty little snack for him to eat up, right? The lion's habitat, the nutrient-dense food that the lions are given, and the care provided for them are all engineered in the zoo there to prolong the lion's life and to keep it in a docile, submissive state. The habitat was built specifically for that lion in captivity because there we find that the lions, they don't hunt, they don't roam about really, and they don't behave like any lion would in its natural habitat, like you might see on a real safari in the savanna. So the zoo enclosure, that habitat, has in many ways changed the lion into a different kind of animal. And the reason why I'm saying this is because in a book entitled You Are Not Your Own, Belonging to God in an Inhuman World, author Alan Noble uses that metaphor and applies it to us. He says that like captive lions, humans are caged in by modernity, which has changed us. So instead of thick glass or steel steel bars caging us in, Modernity's philosophical assumptions imprison us to tiresome, disappointing, and inhumane existence. And what do I mean? Well, Noble argues that modernity tells us that we belong to no one except ourselves. The modern world tells us that you have no master in life or captain of your life except you yourself. No one can tell you what to do or what to want except your own heart. No one can choose your personal journey for you or give you a purpose or define your identity or choose your values or determine where you belong. All those choices are up to you entirely. Does that sound familiar? It probably does because we hear that kind of message all the time. Right? And it kind of rings true for us, especially here in America, because we love the idea of freedom, freedom. And with that said, not all freedom, not all freedom is created equal, and not all freedom is equally beneficial. The freedom to choose such things for ourselves seems on the surface like a good thing. But this author, Noble, argues that this approach to life leaves us exhausted, discontented, and ultimately less than human. If we belong to no one else except ourselves, which Noble claims to be the fundamental lie of modernity, that we belong to ourselves, then it follows that there's no one else to justify our existence but ourselves. So the task of justifying our own existence, he claims, is extremely weighty and ultimately impossible for us to do. The lack of direction, purpose, footing or grounding in identity is, in actuality, a kind of heavy ball and chain that modernity offers to us, wrapped up in the package of freedom, but it is actually a kind of slavery to both our own sinful passions and to utter meaninglessness in the world. Now, what we read here in Romans 8 is a rich and deep anthropology, an understanding of what it really means to be human. This is how we are now. This is who we are now by faith in Christ. We find that Paul says we are filled and led by the Spirit of God, no longer enslaved to sin and such lies. But instead, we have a deep union with Christ. And through that, we have received what he calls the gift of adoption. Adoption as sons. We've been adopted into the family of God. Now, how did that adoption happen? Well, the one true son of God, the only son who alone belongs to God naturally and eternally as a second person of the Trinity, he has paid the full price for our redemption, for our inclusion into the family of God with his precious blood to liberate us from sin's power and penalty over us. Therefore, because of the sacrifice of the eternally begotten one for us, we now have been given the legal right, signed and sealed with the blood of Christ, to be called the children of God. And so Jesus alone, as the catechism says, is by nature the eternal Son of God, the Father. But now by grace, God calls us his truly beloved children. So much so that Paul says here in the text that By the Spirit, we cry out to God in our inner hearts uh, the intimate saying or the intimate endearment kind of title for God, Abba, Father, which is a term of endearment similar to Daddy or Poppy. We have this intimate, close relationship now with the Father because of the grace in Christ. Because of God's grace to us in Christ, Paul says that we are no longer in the realm of sin and death. And now we exist in the realm of the Spirit, in life and in peace. What he's saying is that we have a new habitat. A new habitat that in fact was the original habitat that God had designed and created for humanity. The habitat of God's presence. That's what humanity was originally designed and created for. And now by Christ we are back in that habitat. And here in the realm of the Spirit we realize that we are not our own. In reality, Paul is saying that you can't belong to yourself alone. If you don't follow Jesus, you might think that nothing is controlling you but yourself, but Paul says here that those who do not belong to Jesus still belong to the power of sin. So you either belong to the harsh master sin, or you belong to the gentle and lowly Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. And as Paul says here, master sin leads to death and misery, whereas Lord Jesus leads to life eternal and peace. Now, if you belong to Jesus by faith, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is leading you onward towards your glorious end. The power of sin no longer rules or defines you. Rather, the power of Jesus' death and resurrection defines you. That is your new identity. And this is why Paul calls us earlier in Romans 6 to remember our baptism into his death and resurrection. He says we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in righteousness. We are to remember God's God's name that he placed over us, his word of grace that he placed over us in our baptism, that new identity that he gave us. And what is our final purpose in life? Well, according to Paul here at the end, if you caught it, he says our ultimate purpose, end goal the, the status and rank that we'll have is to be co-heirs with christ ruling over god's new creation splendidly remade in glory so we find that christian anthropology christian understanding of humanity is so beautiful and full in comparison to what modernity or what the world is offering us today We belong to Jesus as his humble subjects and to God as his beloved children, which means that we have a full, loving approval of God the Father already. And by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is leading us toward a rank and status of glory that is beyond our wildest dreams, our imaginations. We will rule over the angels, the author of Hebrews says. And also, because we've been adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God, we have a thick and robust identity. Think of this. You are chosen, beloved, called, forgiven, justified, adopted, and filled with the Spirit of God unto eternal life. With that identity as well comes beautiful values of life and love to live by in our day-to-day walk. And we are given a joyous purpose to which we are headed, to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves in anticipation of God's coming kingdom and world of love. Now, by contrast, what is the world offering us with modernity? Well, modernity offers that lie of absolute freedom, which in turn leaves us as orphans with no purpose or direction in life in this cold confusing and corrupt worlds and what do orphans of modernity do without an identity without direction etc because they don't know the full love of god as as one of his own highly beloved of the father because they don't have a high self-esteem that comes from knowing that they were bought with a precious price well, what are they left to do? They're left to seek their own validation of their own worth. They're always constantly in a nonstop competition for the approval and praise of others in the world, which is why people resentlessly seek followings on social media and affirmations of themselves through a variety of different means in social media and their careers, with their possessions, always trying to win the approval and praise of others in life. Why? Because they're trying to justify their own existence, and they long for others to give their stamp of approval. Again, because they don't know the stamp of the approval of the Father, which He has already given us in Christ, the full, complete love of the Father that we have in Christ. Now, apart from the clarity of God's Word, these orphans of modernity are also left confused about all kinds of things in life. And one particular one in our current culture is sexuality, right? Confused. The world says you need to figure this out on your own. The world is telling us and our children to not let anyone tell them who they are, that they have to discover and define that for themselves. But modernity is an inhumane habitat because we have lost what it means to be human. We've lost our sense of belonging to God, a belonging to creation around us, and we've lost our sense of who we are, truly. So going back to that metaphor of the lion in captivity, the lion in the zoo, after being there for a long time, has forgotten who it truly is or what it truly belongs to and how to properly belong there. So likewise, enclosed in the lie of modernity, we've forgotten what it means to belong to our body, our biology that we were made with. we forgot. We forgot what it means to belong to a place and community where God in his providence has put us and to get roots in that place and to invest in the community that God has placed us in. We've forgotten. And ultimately, we've forgotten what it means to belong to God, our creator. And part of the gospel offer and promise to us is the blessed sense of belonging as property, property of the best caretaker and king imaginable, whose compassion and goodness towards us far exceeds what we can even begin to imagine. And God is telling us, loved ones, tonight again, that modernity is not only wrong, but it's straight up lying to your face. You cannot belong to yourself. You cannot justify your own existence. As Paul says here, basically, you are either a sucker, enslaved to your own sins, driving you to your death, or you are a saved son or daughter of God and subject under the gracious reign of King Jesus. Those are the two options. You don't have to prove your worth or your value to anyone. You don't have to make your own identity or unique expressive self. You don't have to figure out what values you should live for. Why not? Because God the Father has proven already that he values you so much that he sent his one and only son who willingly died for you in order to adopt you into his own family and include you forever into his family. What great approval and love the Father has shown us. And God the Son has given us a lasting, glorious identity as co-heirs in the kingdom of God by laying down his own prestige of glory to be clothed in our humanity, to go to the cross for us. And God the Spirit has entered into our heart guiding us by the scriptures towards what is good and pleasing to God, the values of the kingdom of God. And so if you believe in Jesus, then you are not your own. Praise be to God. You belong to Jesus, your Lord, your sovereign, your king. And so we ought to live by the spirit for him. One final quote from Alan Noble. He says, we are not free to pursue whatever brings us the most personal fulfillment. We are not free to define our own identity in any way we wish. We are not free to use people or creation as tools for our own ends. Instead of desiring and pursuing our own good, we are now obligated to desire and pursue the good of others. And what we find is that because of Jesus, we are free at last to be humans as God designed humanity to be. You see, it's not absolute freedom to do whatever you want, but rather it is the freedom to be what God created and made us to be, limited to the design that God created for humanity in the beginning. So limited freedom, according to God's design, is better than absolute open-range freedom. And Jesus has freed us and adopted us to be fully and truly human according to that beautiful design of God and his purposes, not according to our own personal desires and devices. And lastly, if you haven't come to Jesus yet, don't wait, don't wait, come to him and the truth will set you free as well. In the gracious habitat of the spirit we live, free from sin's penalty and power and free to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. May he continue to strengthen us to do that. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we rejoice that we are not our own, but we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, both in body and in soul, in life and in death. And we rejoice that you have now by your Spirit set us free from the bondage of sin and death so that now we might live according to your beautiful and holy design for humanity, rightly loving you and loving our neighbor as ourselves, Lord, we ask that you would continue to help us walk in step with the Spirit in these ways, according to your holy scriptures, and that here in this place, uh, we might, uh, by your Spirit, show the world what it means to belong, to belong to you, to belong in community to one another, to belong to this place where you have put us, but ultimately to belong to Jesus who is our Lord and our Savior, our King eternal. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.